look up. I am. We're live. Oh, we are live? Oh, you got me again, dude. You came back from a break and then just turned it on. Kyle. Oh, I mean, I have intros on all my other podcasts. Yeah. Some of, your other music, some, some of them have music, like uh, professionally recorded music by the guy who uh, writes the music for Rick and Morty. And then another one is uh, just me coming in and being like, welcome, everybody. We put music in afterward, like post-production. So yeah. there is music. No, I hear the music. I've listened to the podcast, but then it's us That's starting right. with the cult. Like, oh, we, we, hey, we're here. So, I haven't. I haven't listened to one of our own episodes and I don't even remember the last time I listened. I listened to, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I listened to the Gary V because I wanted to make sure that we could put it out. But that's yeah. it. I listened to last week's and my audio was really bad. And I think it was on my end. I think for some reason my mic wasn't picking up. It was just the computer. So now I made sure I made sure that it's the mic, that it's the correct mic this time. You know, last week was uh, kind of a mess of an episode, to be honest. But all time low. Mm. Rock quality, bottom. quality wise, disorganization wise. Yes. Uh, we've got great news for everybody. We have a yes, we do. We have a few pieces of news, but yes, go. But our own personal news. Yeah. Thomas. Uh, Shields, who you know as uh, my co-host here on uh, Pickle Pod, so people he, know me. Yes, and myself will be covering the Major League Pickleball Draft live in New York next Saturday. That's right. So you've you've been a paid you know TV personality mm-hmm. for for years. Yes, over a decade. Yep. I, on the other hand, have never officially been compensated for any sort of on-air appearance or any sort of like hold up you're talent. getting paid that's right that's Those right have turned so i'm a professional what commentator commentator that's announcer yeah. so then that's not the only bit of news then the next exactly the next week we go to austin where thomas shield is currently already located yep. uh, dreamland and we will be commentating the Major League Pickleball event. So right. we'll be breaking down the draft for you all day Saturday or all evening Saturday live as it happens. And then the very next week, we'll be on live again, Major League Pickleball in Dreamland outside of Austin, breaking down all of the gameplay. And it's going to be exciting. It is going to be exciting. I'm pumped. I'm thinking about whether or not I should adopt one of those like announcer voices or just like, you know. Let's hear it. Coming to you live from New York City. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound real, bro. What about like the newscaster stuff? You know, where it's it. like, where it's like, and we're live from New York City, where, you know, it's like these no. sort of like abrupt. We were chosen because we're awesome, A, but also for who we already are. So why would you deviate from that? True, true. All right, I see Chris in the studio. So we're going to have Chris Olson on okay. from uh, Pickleball Studio. Yeah. I would say that he's probably the best content creator in Pickleball. And I'm putting him above, like, 
us. I'm putting him above Ouch. the dink. I'm putting him above you in terms of the quality of quality. production. Yeah, my production quality is not the greatest, but I'm also 42 years old. So, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I sh- mine should be mine should just be better. But yours should but, yours is better. But yeah. mine is where it should be because I'm 42 years old. I see him in the I see him in the um, waiting room, but we're gonna wait to bring him in. So, Chris, I I see I see you there with your mic and your headphones. You're because teasing. we have we have just a little bit more news. Okay, actually, we can we'll talk about this. Let's bring Chris in. Um, I really want to get his take on the uh, the whole paddle controversy thing. I want to okay. get his take on uh, paddle innovation generally, and then yeah. a host of other things. But do without further ado, take, do you want to get his take on us uh, commentating on the Major League Pickleball draft and Major League Pickleball? Yeah, that's really important to me. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Without further ado, we got Chris Olson. Let's bring him in. Hey, how's it going? Boom. Chris, look at how pro you look. Look at that background. <laughs> Everything's going on. This you got you to make the camera look good for the stream. Where are you? Are you I'm like, just in my office. You have an office? Yeah, well, like I'm from home, but it's just my home office or whatever. It's okay. a very small little box. Cool. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, you are a content creator. You have a YouTube channel. You break yep. down, uh, you do a lot of uh, product review style stuff, right? Yep, yep. Mostly paddles right now, but I think it'll it'll branch out as time goes. Do you have a favorite paddle? Uh, yeah, right now it's the Ben Johns Hyperion CFS. Mm. Before that, it was the Model E. That was also really good. But yeah, that the Ben Johns has been really good. Okay. The new Ben Johns from the new company. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yola. Uh, yep. Yola. The one and I, only. I was going to take a swing at it, but I probably was going to mispronounce <laughs> it. So I just like left let it be and figured people would figure it out. I was so shook when that news came out. Like I... I Especially because my brothers played table tennis, and they always said Jula, and like I heard, I heard Yola, and I was like, "Well, this can't be right." And then it, obviously it was. But so every time I say it, I have to like think for a second and see if I have it right. Is it though? Have we had a representative from the company? Yeah. We have? Okay. Yep. They made like a video that's like, "Here's how you pronounce it with Ben." Oh, okay. Yep. I missed that while I was working at CNN Plus. Uh, okay, cool. So that's your favorite paddle. Yeah, and uh, Thomas said your uh, content is far superior to anybody else's in the game. <laughs> do you agree or disagree? That, I, I do think it's really good, but I guess it, it really just depends what you measure it on. I think if you measure it purely based on like camera skills and like production quality, that's probably true. But I think we have like tons of people who are super entertaining. Like obviously Shay is really good. Uh, pickleball will and there's like a number of other content creators that make like really good content but the quality still needs to go up a a little bit but you're a pro you're a pro at this this is what you do by trade yeah i've been doing filmmaking for like 10 years now okay and your most notable project is the rubik's cube uh documentary on netflix yeah the speed cubers speed cubers i watched that as it came out that was oh did you yes of course i did oh that's great that's awesome what'd you think yeah I loved it. Oh, that's great. I love little quirky, like niche documentaries like that, where people are super passionate about this thing that nobody else fully understands. Even their parents are like, 
we don't fully get it, but we're supporting these guys. Right. Well, it's funny when we made that, like we were pretty confident we had like a good story. Well, like, okay, we, we knew we had a good story on our hands, but it was one of those things where we're like, maybe this doesn't catch it. Like it just falls into the Netflix abyss, but it like Netflix had a meeting with us, I think the week after, and they were like, this is like one of the best in like a seven day period that we've had like come out. So they were like, super pumped about it we almost almost got an oscar for it we we're in the top 10 like nominees and then we we didn't make the top five which was a bummer but casual yeah <laughs> well it's, it's so funny because like i feel like a i mean i am just like a super regular guy so like anytime i talk about this it doesn't feel like a a big thing i think like five years ago if someone told me like oh you would have done this i would have been like oh i must have made it i must be like rich and like super cool or something but i'm like my wife you, always grounds me. She's like, you're still just a regular guy. Don't let it get to your head. What does she do? Tell you your net worth or how is she grounding you? Uh, no, she's just like, you are very much like a normal guy. Who's <laughs> okay. Projects. <laughs> so now that you've gotten that close to winning an award, yeah. do you think that magic can be recreated? Are you like in your mind, like, I can do that again. It, it's just a matter of time till I find the next cool thing. It would it would need to be like a really really compelling story because I think that that's really what helped the Speed Cubers is like the the story was like super super compelling and like had you know just brought a lot of emotions up. So I think that's number one, and you just need a really really good team. Like I I would never attempt that type of project on my own. Okay. I hope eventually to do like this is like way way in the future who knows if this ever actually happens but i think it'd be super cool for one to exist for pickleball like i think it's only it's only bound to happen that some pickleball documentary ends up on netflix sometime in the future people, yeah. people i mean there's many there's been many many ideas of, circulating yeah. well i mean like and i've sat down for interviews in these things but oh, you never nice. you never hear any you never hear any like follow up and then it's sort of just like you know so who knows i mean Yep. It could be any week where like some documentary pops up and we're like, oh, shit. Like right. there were people at Major League Pickleball, the one group. Um, there will be a group at this upcoming Major League Pickleball, a different one. Okay. There was groups at um, – where was that? Uh, the Phoenix Desert Ridge this year, uh, Randall Emmett. I sat and down. Have they all said like they're all working on documentaries? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow! So yes. it's, it's a race to see who gets it done. I know four different parties currently. Oh, I'm aware of four different parties trying to make pickleball documentaries. But if they all cover different topics, and you know, it's good yeah. for the game, right? And that up see what they focus on. I'm yeah. sure some of them are like generally more broad on the sport than maybe some niche on the players. But I'd be curious to see which ones succeed the best. Yeah, but I feel like I think the way to win at that is. You almost need to attach yourself to one individual personality, yeah, and build out their singular story, yep, oh, to really get an why audience. Don't we make our own, then, Thomas. You're here giving all these great <laughs> ideas to these Hollywood elites. They're now going to take it and run, and you're going to wish. But they you don't were... know which people to pick. That's the problem. I mean, oh, it's, it's not always the obvious choice. It's not mm -hmm. always the obvious choice. That's true. Chris, do you know which people to pick? I don't yet. I I really would like to get closer to some of the pros and kind of learn some of their stories. I'm sure there are a lot of people in the sport that like know some of these backgrounds quite well, but I think, you know, like obviously everyone would default to like Ben. And I think, I think I'm sure Ben would be interesting, but there's always like someone a little smaller, like climbing up the ranks, like grinding super hard. They have some crazy 
growing up background and like how they even got to where they are is crazy. Like that would probably generally be a more compelling story than like, oh, hey, this guy wins everything all the time. Like you can't beat him. Yeah, that's true. Nobody, nobody likes a winner. <laughs> well, they, they might, but maybe just not as much as the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like both. What about a documentary? And this is, you know, this is why I'm going to be up for an Oscar eventually at uh -huh. some point. Let's hear what it. about a documentary where it's like you pick two players and they serve as a foil to each other? Because I would say that the backgrounds are so diverse that sure. we could pick one of these, um, one of these, one of these players who is grinding their way up and maybe comes from like the country club tennis background, mm -hmm. you know, has always sort of had everything handed to them. And then on the, on the flip side, it's somebody like grinding from the ground up yeah. and they're both competing for this. The what's same the goal, what's which a country the club? One pickable. <laughs> it's well, uh, and those are super compelling. Like that type of story is actually very compelling because you just have such contrasting, uh, two personalities. Like I often find that stories that focus on two people and have like good contrast is better than just one person. See, what about this? Tyson? Tyson? It I'm, does. It does. It sounds it. really good. It does sound really good. Now, what now about this one? Will Thomas do it? No, I, I'm stealing that idea. Here's the other. What about this, Chris? Ben Johns winning everything. Mm -hmm. Then you got this guy grinding all the way from the ground. Who's the guy? Name the guy. I don't know because it has to fit this guy. That's everything he has. He's built himself. No help from anybody uh, all the way up. And then you pit him against each other in a match to the death. <laughs> match to the death would be pretty intense. Yeah, see? <laughs> I, so don't, I don't know how much Netflix would like the gore, but I mean maybe. This they got not, a niche for everything. It's not fair. You can't just you can't just add in the element of fight to the death. This is a pickleball documentary. You gotta stay within the bounds here. <laughs> well, obviously it builds to the point where they both face off in the gold medal match somewhere. Yes. Against each other. That's what you want. That right? I could man, that could we with our documentary, we were like fairly lucky in that both the people we followed were like essentially the two best in the world and we were like quite well we knew for sure they would make the final it would be like ben john's not making it to like a semi-final or something but i imagine in pickleball you would have to follow people for so long hoping for that eventual matchup if it's yeah. someone grinding up the ladder which right. then of course like eats into budget and all sorts of other things but well you could stage it i suppose you could do that but I don't know how much the people would like that. I like that you're willing to uh, get a little, you know, bend the rules here, Tyson. You know, you're willing <laughs> to do what it takes to to be successful. So Someone's I'll be the do it. I'll be the vision guy. You be the grit guy, uh -huh. Chris. You're you're I'll on the ones the and twos, and I I think we'll be uh, I think we'll be Oscar worthy here. And in, in no you time. heard it here first. We're making a documentary, us three as a team. Here we go. Okay, um, here we go. <laughs> I hope Ty I hope uh, Thomas has got budget. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah, let me Good. just. Uh, I don't know. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen that pickleball court he plays on. I'll do a couple more sponsored ads here in, in the podcast. Yeah, if only that were speaking my of. Have you heard of Relight, Chris? I have not. <laughs> tell him. Tell hey, tell him about it. Tell me. Relight is a electrolyte beverage drink. Drink mix has. 10 times more sodium and electrolytes than other leading brands in the industry. And that, that is the amount that your body generally sweats out in an hour. All right.
Right. So you're replenishing everything you're sweating out. And for me personally, it's honestly the only thing that's ever kept cramps at bay. Like I feel a difference with muscle cramps and this product. So, uh, friends of the pod, if you use pickleball at checkout on Relight's website, you get 15% off. And, uh, yeah, it's the only thing that I drink that I notice a difference with. Good stuff. So there you go. That's one. Yep. Chris, those are good. Those are good reactions there. We appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, Chris. Not even rehearsed. <laughs> no, not at all. You said just get genuinely some, curious. Let's get into um, some paddle talk. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris, I, I just kind of want to ask more of like a, an open-ended, maybe like thought or maybe just like make a statement, but sure. I think there's, there's a lot of different angles to come at this, but essentially what's happening is these paddle companies keep trying to innovate and push the bounds and make better paddles, but now they're coming up against the the rules and, and regulations. What's just kind of like your general thoughts on all of this. You were the one who put together that video of like actually testing the yeah. RPMs across, I don't know, 20 something paddles and, yep. and comparing them. And now we're seeing that, you know, the one that won is actually illegal. Right. And that with that decision, by the way, was, was withheld recently by USA pickleball. So all those carbons, they're not going to be reinstated. Yep. What are just like your general thoughts on, on all this, this controversy and, and paddle innovation generally? Yeah, it's super interesting because I think the, so I've done, I've probably tested like 50 plus paddles at this point. Like every time I get a new one, I go out and test it. Like I'll play with it and then I'll run it through the test. And generally I'll have a couple other people do it as well. Just like, just to see if there's like any anomaly, like was I noticeably higher? And most of the time the results are like really consistent. But what I find very fascinating about this whole carbon thing right now and super funny in rec play is like, I don't know if you guys have experienced this yet in your areas, but some areas people are like actually mad at people using carbons in like rec play now. And I'm like, dude, it's like, they're like, oh, you shouldn't be using an illegal paddle. And you know, they're bent out of shape that it gets so much spin. And I'm like, I can list like six other paddles that rank higher than the carbon and some that are like, like a whole tier above carbon and they don't complain about those. Mm -hmm. And even when I tested an original carbon recently from November, and then one of the supposedly illegal ones with the all caps letters, they were like almost identical in terms of spin. And maybe like mine wasn't, I didn't have the little meter to actually test if it was over or whatnot, but they were essentially identical. Same numbers as like the first time I tested it. So it was like, it, it's funny to me that people are getting so bent out of shape out of this when there's paddles that do even, even more spin. Mm -hmm. I had the opposite experience where a guy I play with, as soon as he saw the news drop about the carbon paddle, he went out and bought one, assuming <laughs> you wouldn't be able to buy these illegal paddles in the near future. Like now he plays with people it. to do that too, which I thought was super funny. Yeah. So now we've got uh, these guys uh, playing their illegal paddles against us in rec play, but it doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's one of the, and the other thing too, I tell people is I'm like, unless you're, Four, five, five, oh, five, oh, plus. Like, honestly, even four, five to five, oh, it probably really doesn't matter. You're probably not even able to use, well, okay, let me rephrase. Four, five, and below are almost certainly not able to use that paddle to a point where it's like abusing people purely on the notion of spin. So I, I think that's just silly that people get so upset about it. I think it's just one of those, like, I heard it was banned, so you must have some advantage over me that others don't. Yeah. Uh, but like, as far as the paddle innovation in general, I think it's really good that 
companies are pushing it. Like some are pushing, like doing things that are kind of gimmicky. Other ones are like doing things that are like actually benefiting quite a bit. Like Selkirk's had some stuff recently that's like quite impressive to me. And yeah, it's just quite impressive in general. Um, but I, I would like to see the rules get a little less strict. I know one of the things people are worried about is like if you let it go too far, then, you know, like maybe the skill gap gets too big and now it's harder for like newer players getting in because like tennis players come in and just abuse everyone with spin. But I feel like we could probably <clears throat> the limit a bit here and be fine. Like, I, I don't think we'd hurt ourselves too badly. I agree. What about the counterpoint that if you continue to extend what's what's allowed, people will go to that yeah, like shiny object, if you will, right? So yep. everybody's trying to innovate innovate on grit and spin right now. Yep. And they might be actually neglecting the core or the handle. Yep. Or playing around with other elements of the paddle that might actually have a, a better impact and really improve pickleball more. It's like, okay, if 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 everybody's just focusing on this one thing, it's to the detriment of other components of the paddle that could actually advance the game and be better for pickleball as a whole. Yeah, I, I think there's there's probably some merit to that. I think I think there are always people experimenting with all of the other things, like, you know, different cores, handle, all of that. But I think the tough part is we're probably like a little bit of ways here before we move away from like the polymer core that we use right now, just because I think it works so well. Like you have Gearbox doing like pretty incredible things technology wise, but that hasn't really caught on. Some people just don't like how it feels, but I think that experimenting is always happening, but the players don't necessarily make it easy for companies to experiment with it. Like a lot of times it's like they try something new and people are like, we don't like this. You should have just gone back to you know the thing you knew worked a polymer core or whatever so i think in that regard it's hard and i'm not a materials expert but it just seems hard to find something better than polymer right now that everyone still likes mm -hmm. yeah you bring up a good point about gearbox their their paddles are so different yeah than anything else out there and they still like it's almost like what if what if all of a sudden every paddle company was like okay this is the way to go yeah. and they all started innovating with the foundation of like that basically one it's like one piece of right like it's it's more of like a solid object what if that were the foundation and everybody innovated on top of that that right. could take the paddle in a whole different route so i guess my point is i think um i think there's still just like a lot of different things that can be done with paddles yeah. generally and I think the paddle will still continue to change, whether it's spin or not, or grit or not, over the next you know ten years. And we're probably going to be playing with some crazy paddles. Oh, I ten, bet ten years from now, five ten years from now, like we're going to look at the paddles we are using now and probably just laugh. I imagine. Yeah. I foresee rules relaxing a little bit. I don't know how much they'll change, but like you, you already see them flexing on the rules a little bit, right? Like when. The 002 came out with the hole in the face and like one shot. It says you can't have any holes in the face. And then somehow that got around it. And if you read the rules right now, I believe technically they say you can't have any texture on the paddle that helps you impart spin. But clearly that's not enforced at all. So I, I don't know. I think they'll, they'll get a little more loose. But what I do think is going to happen with all of this carbon stuff is every manufacturer is going to get a lot tighter on their quality control. I think they re like everyone realized here you could probably almost go out of business overnight if you make 
this big of a mistake. Like, I, it sounds like this has hurt carbon quite a bit. So, like, I'm sure everyone's buying that meter now. They're going to talk to their manufacturers and tighten up the tolerances. And, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's it's interesting because I think it hurt carbon more because they really focus on, like, the inner community of pickleball being their market as opposed to the broader segment of the market, which is the yep. casual player. Yep. Whereas like, if you go to a random court, you're more likely to see like a Maverick yep. or an Onyx, which dominates at like Dick's and Walmart. Yep. Right. And we don't really hear that much about those, those types of paddles. I mean, like Lucy and Matt play with Onyx, but like they're never in the conversation about like, what's the hot paddle right now. No. Right. So, yeah. Um, they maybe yeah. were three or four years ago. Yeah. When that yeah. paddle first came out. Yeah, Altaf plays with if we're thinking about Onyx, Altaf, Lucy. There's quite Matt. a few. Yeah. Callie does Callie did. Smith still play with Yeah, it? Callie does still. Yep. She does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. There are a number of brands that I've like been looking at recently and I'm like, hmm. You guys really have not done a whole lot in terms of like making new paddles or really trying anything new. And I don't know if if they're just doing something behind the scenes and like taking a long time to do it, or if they just know, like you said, like the broader community of pickleball is what you focus on, right? Like you don't mm -hmm. have to be the top, top tier because that's such a small market in comparison to like yeah. your 50 to $150 paddle. So we're talking five years, 10 years down the road. What are we seeing in paddles? Are they so expensive that only the five richest Kings in Europe can afford them? <laughs> what is, uh, Give us some I, predictions here, Chris. I I envision they're going to be – I would not be surprised if $300 was a common price point. Everyone flinched pretty hard when Selkirk did that. But, I mean, I I actually think Minnesota might have the densest population of 002s aside from where they're made. Like, I know so many people here who have that paddle, and no one's, like, batting an eye at spending – once they heard it was good – no one bats an eye at spending the money on it. So for, for those for those listening, by the way, the 002 is the Selkirk paddle that Tyson is using. Is he currently using it? Yeah. With the open throat, right? So it looks as if there's this funny hole in the middle of the paddle. Yep. Um, they'll say that it's not in the middle of the paddle face, right? That's how yeah. they got around the rules. But if you look at it, it is, right? Yeah. It's this weird. I honestly think that, so I think $300 would not be, I don't think it'll be like common, like, oh, this is the, the mid-tier, low-tier. Like, I think that's probably going to be, you know, on the higher end. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we had the holes in almost everything. I just looked at another paddle from a company called Kitchen Pro, and they actually have a throat that's like, a, like an actual tennis racket. Like, instead of just being a punch out in the face, it's literally a throat hole like a tennis racket. And I... You know, I think everyone harps on it because the thing most companies focus on is like, oh, it's more aerodynamic. And I think that's like a gimmick pretty much no matter how you slice it. But it seems like as I talk to engineers and some other people that there are other benefits. Like, you know, it adds some some flex to the handle, which can give some more power back and, you know, shift the sweet spot a little bit and some other stuff that's like a little hard to prove. But it does seem like there are benefits. And I wouldn't be surprised if we just moved towards that entirely. Yeah. Tennis did it for a reason. Padel does it for a reason. So I, I don't see why pickleball wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's just an entire, like a, like a total material change. Like yeah. I remember I was a hockey player growing up and when I was younger, wooden, wooden hockey sticks, everybody played with wooden hockey sticks. And then one year the synergy came out <laughs> and I think it was like a, I think it's, it was fiberglass mm -hmm. and that changed the game. And now that, 
now every pa- nobody's making wood wood sticks anymore unless it's like a nostalgic thing that sure. like Houston or one of these like Bauer or something is doing just because like you know they're they're doing it for the Some hockey oil yeah but right. like people are buying the fiberglass or it might be carbon fiber you know whatever it is now but it completely changed the landscape yep and I think that's still bound to happen in pickleball right like it we're still so early in like I would say the bulk of companies right now are not like even the manufacturing plants are probably not pickleball specific only where they're like only trying to work on pickleball materials that work well for a pickleball. I know one right. company specifically and I talk to their engineer quite frequently and all he does is pickleball stuff. He's the only one that I know is like I'm trying to figure out what specifically grabs a pickleball the best or you know all the materials that work best and I think we're going to see a lot more of that which will then push innovation forward a ton. Mhm. Mhm. And the fact that you chat with this engineer frequently uh, is – I don't know why you do that or why you would ever be in that position, but that's why I knew that you would be a great guest on this podcast. It's just so fun. I, lo- I don't know. I love nerding out about paddles. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like to hear you and Ben and Colin just like go off about this stuff, I'm sure. It would, like, it, it would be interesting. I always hear mixed things about Ben. I've heard from some people that he couldn't care less what paddle he uses. And then other people are like, nah, he's like kind of picky about it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I've never when you get him. Him, yeah, when you get him talking about it, like he can he can go on for days about the materials and stuff. And so can uh, Colin. I mean it makes sense. He was an engineer for college, right? Material 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 sciences? Is that yeah, some it's something like that. And if that's the case, I don't see why you wouldn't be picky. You clearly know yeah. something about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um Okay. So, all right. So what, what paddle you're playing with the uh, Hyperion right now? Yep. And I, yeah, I think it's a great paddle. I can, I can see why Ben likes it. I, I would, of all the paddles I've used right now, I'd put it in the top five pretty easily. I think it's just a solid overall paddle that doesn't really have a lot of problems. I've been using it. It's the first thing to make me put down the, the Franklin Ben Johns. Cause oh, I tried the carbon I went to Electrum, and I would always go back to the Franklin. Nice. And uh, I think this this Yola paddle, as they make me say, right? They want, <laughs> want us all to say Yola. Yep. Uh, I think it's pretty impressive. So I told my dad, I'm like, when you're back on the court, this is your new paddle. That's just how it's gone. Sure. Um, sure. It is uh, – and it also, like, so I have a little bit of a tennis, like, just, like, doing, like, tennis in the summers – I didn't play high school tennis or anything like that, but sure. you know, I, I learned to, you know, hit my forehands as like a tennis racket. Right. So yep. everybody has to make the slight adjustment when they come in a pickleball yep. from tennis, the Yola, when I'm at the baseline, my forehands, yep. I've been able to do and come over it more like a tennis forehand, put more spin on it, be more accurate <clears throat> and just have a, a better drive overall. Yeah. Which, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a, a huge advantage. And then as long as it's consistent at the net, in my opinion, you can play with like anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it, it really is one of those things that seems to do, I'd like categorize it as like an all court paddle where it like pretty much excels. It does good at everything. There's not really anything I found that it doesn't do well. Like it's not as powerful as some paddles, but like if you're someone like Ben, you don't, you have a big arm, you don't need the paddle to do all the work for you. Yeah. Right. How big are those arms? <laughs> mine are not very big i don't know about ben 
my arms aren't very big either. <laughs> Thomas is the one with the big arms here. He does have big arms. So Thomas, now that you got this new battle, are you going to be able to uh, carry us to a 5.0 uh, victory at the uh, next tournament we enter together? Are you going to hit your thirds? Or are you going to hit yours? <laughs> yeah, that's actually... He's going to try his thirds. My th but my thirds are like more consistent. They're lights out right now. Okay. Are you guys competing at the New York tournament? No. No, we uh -huh. are just commentating for the Major League Pickleball draft breakdown. Yeah, That's but, only one day, right? Yeah. So why why not why if you're gonna be there, why not compete? I don't know. I didn't even think about it. And uh <laughs> I'm still not thinking about it. I'm gonna bring yeah, my pickleball stuff. I'm gonna play some games. Sure. Yeah. Sure. In the tennis center, right, Thomas? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we should we should definitely play. I was gonna play with those NYC pickleball dudes. Oh yeah. Uh, the 130 the 137 p.m. guys. We're doing an event together uh, Thursday night. Oh, are you going to be there? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, so right. you're going to be there? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, it's uh, Well, we're like partly hosting it. I'm going to be on the panel, so. Fun, fun. Um, I'll try not to, uh, you know, stumble over myself and, and embarrass myself. <laughs> I won't be at the panel, but I will be in the audience probably uh, pestering Thomas while he's on the paddle. On I the like panel. it. I yeah. like it. We can make some good content about boo, it. Thomas, boo. You know what else? You know what else I'm going to be doing in New York? What? Well, did you hear the news that Major League Pickleball is going to be ringing the opening bell to New York Stock Exchange? Yeah. Are you Tuesday going? Morning. I did hear that. Wednesday morning, I will be there flanking them just like, yeah. You know? <laughs> Pretty cool. You know, have, you ever, have you ever seen it? I it's like you. there's the one person ringing the bell, and then everyone's like. Yeah, standing <laughs> by them. What, uh, what day is that? Um, Wednesday morning. So I'm going to do that. So my mom just texted me. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. NYSE. And then a bunch of like celebration emojis. And I'm almost feeling like guilty because I did nothing to deserve this spot at the <laughs> New York Stock Exchange. They just invited me, which is really, really nice of them. And it's going to be awesome to go. Sure. But it's like people are like, this is going to be, it's almost like they're congratulating me. I'm like, I didn't do any. I don't deserve yeah. it. You're like, I'm just showing up. Yeah. They just yeah. invited me over. Yeah. Right. That's great. That's great. Um, but I did have know. to go get a polo with that, and I got a little dink put on a polo so I can um, at least have a collar, you know? So, yeah. wait, the last time you guys played together, did you play 5 0 together? Did we play 4 or 5 or 5 0? We played 4 5. So, do you both play 5 0 right now then? No. I, I play I typically with play. I typically play 5 0. Okay. I should play 5 0. I typically don't play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm actually, I like never. I, I did tournaments last year, I did some pro stuff. Um, definitely oh, you should have been playing. I've I've played. He's pro. very I, good at pro. Yeah. Google Thomas. Google Thomas pro pickleball player. Don't look at the last name. Just look at the results. <laughs> there you go. Right. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, but I had. I think I said this on a podcast before, but I had a couple pro wins nice. at like a good a good time in the year to where it like skyrocketed me to like top thirty uh, oh. in in the world, which was awesome. And I was That's like great. again. Another one of those instances where I'm like, this is cool, but I do not deserve this. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Should have kept um, pursuing it. You should have. You could have been this, the documentary story that we followed, the country club kid. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Your own media company is making a documentary about you. <laughs> yeah. Growing up in the country club with a silver spoon in your mouth, getting yeah, everything you everyone, ever wanted. No, because when, as I was like, laying out the narrative i was like the the natural play here is to make the country club kid like the villain yeah for sure you know you're johnny from uh, karate kid yeah yep yep
We need more villains in pickleball. I've been saying it. Yeah, it will certainly make it more interesting. I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about it on a recent episode or not, but that whole uh, Matt Wright, Julian Arnold uh, mixed doubles match was uh, probably the most intense one we've ever seen in pickleball. Yeah. Well, Matt's been in many tense matches just because Mm -hmm. he's an antagonist. It's part of his game, Sure. which I love that about him. Um, and Julian's more new, right? And he is, uh, he's like in your face screaming Oh yeah. and, uh, I think it's like inevitable. And I, and I guarantee like the next time they play, like, we're going to, we're going to see that again, just cause they're oh, too, yeah. they're too loud, obnoxious players. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. I, I agree. I think that makes for a way more entertaining match for sure. So now all Matt Wright needs to do is get like a full scalp tattoo or something dope. <laughs> so maybe some face stuff and a little bit yeah. of neck stuff. And then we'd be off to the races with our villain. Yeah, I don't know if his his law firm would uh, appreciate that. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see it develop because pickleball is like in this like it's a very community influenced sport. You know, a lot of good sportsmanship. Like people are very nice to each other. So it'll be, it's only inevitable, I think, that it evolves into every other sport where you start seeing like things. I mean, you watch a tennis match and it's so dramatic. You know, like people are screaming at the umps and like I have a feeling it'll happen in pickleball. It might take a little bit which will be a little sad to see because I I like elements of it right now where people are, you know, pretty chill. They're all nice. But also I watched that match between uh, Matt and Julian and I'm like, oh, this was like really entertaining pickleball. Yeah. No, you need both. You need both of those things to exist. Yeah. You need the niceness and the, you know, the neighborly vibe to bring in more of the casual players and help the game grow. But at the top level, I want these people trying to kill each other. You know, with your documentary you're trying to make about yourself, you could just become the villain. <laughs> you could. What you wanted to. No, we are casting. Thomas is the villain. He's the country club kid, dude. This is that. We'll make He's it happen. A, pops his collar. He hangs out with only other kids that have their collars popped. <laughs> yeah, uh, those wear like pink and uh, green double collar polo. <laughs> yeah, double collar. <laughs> make sure it's like the actual polo like logo. Oh, is it polo brand? It's not Abercrombie. I think you got to go a throwback. <laughs> Can we have a scan no, too no. where we find out he's using a carbon paddle but he just like reskins yes. the face? Yes. So you wouldn't exactly. know. Yeah. Yeah. I There's like that. a scene. There's a scene right before I play uh-huh. and it's like I have my paddle and like I put it down low and I take like a a quarter and I just start scratching. It. Yeah. <laughs> or you inject it. You inject the paddle with like some serum in the core that makes it like pop and touch way harder than anything's popped and touched before. Yeah, you're you're always pushing the limit. I like it. You're always yeah. thinking outside the box. Yeah. You know, I actually I have an interesting one for you guys uh, if you saw this or not. So you, obviously you heard about like the PPA is going to start doing like paddle testing on site, right? Did you see yes. the actual like document they published about how that whole thing is going to be handled? Connor texted me Pardo, like he just texted me the thing so I just read that. I didn't I didn't it's see when they actually that. published it. Yeah, I think I can't. Someone was linking it the other day. I think it was on the PPA website. But I think it's going to be really interesting that all this paddle testing happens now, especially with what I imagine is most companies have pretty loose quality control. Like, from what I understand, the companies that have this surface and are not made in the US, which is almost all of them, pretty much come out of one factory, from what I know. That's, like that's maybe what I've been saying, yeah. And like I've talked to a buddy who makes some paddles and has messed with that surface, and the company is like, "Yeah, we make like all of these." So like, if it's bad for this one, it might not be good for this one either. So like, or if it's good for this one, it should be good for that one. So interesting stuff there. But if the quality control is so loose, 
I feel like the paddle testing is going to get dicey at some of these tournaments, or like every pro is going to own one of these $2,200 testers and test their paddles themselves. So that because the, some of the uh, things were pretty interesting. There was like, I'm paraphrasing here, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was basically like if you got caught twice within like a certain time period of having illegal yep. paddles, you got like yep. a pretty big substantial ban. Uh, 90 days. 90, 90 days probation. Exactly. So it's like people are going to get really picky about their paddles, I think. And if some of these bans do come out, that's going to be really well, unfortunate. They're going to hold optional testing before each event. And it's basically on the player. They're saying you as a player, it's on you if your paddle's illegal. We're putting these windows here for testing. So this is your opportunity to make sure that you're not over, you know, you're not in violation. Now you, you are you're going to get penalized. Test during that phase, right? What's that's that? Made, you won't get in trouble if it tested illegal during that phase, right? right. That, okay. Right. Yeah. That's just to make yeah. sure. I see. Yeah, yeah. So Thomas, who's the first pro going to serve a 90-day ban? <laughs> Somebody using a carbon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it'll be interesting not to stir the pot, but, you know, Yola was obviously very close to the limit, and they had published a video uh, of, like, doing their own test, and they had, like, all the math, and they were mm -hmm. like, look, we're legal. But then people online were like, wait, they did their math wrong. Like, it's actually over the limit. And then I was just checking today to, like, find that video because I was like, oh, I'll like, check the math myself. And the videos are gone. Like I can't, I can't find them anywhere. So now I'm like, huh, that doesn't, that doesn't look great. Like I would imagine a company that big probably tightens up their quality control, but I don't know. I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. The saga continues. It I mean, sure does. the test itself is not reliable. It's inconsistent. Yep. Uh, the, the threshold they chose, which is 40. So it, it spits out a number every time you, you, you do a measurement. Yep. And then you do on one paddle, you do six measurements and you take the average. Yep. 40 is that threshold. Where did the 40 come from? Yeah. Why 40? And also, I mean, like you were alluding to with the test not being super accurate, I'd imagine if you tried the test a second time and placed it in different spots than the first, you probably get a different reading. Like you could probably get a legal reading or an illegal reading depending on how close you are to the No, limit. somebody somebody was sending me a video. I won't say who. They sure. had the thing. And they were like the same paddle in the same spot because you text you you test six different spots. Yep. They put it in in the spot, mm -hmm. press the button, get the reading. It's like thirty six. Yep. They pick it up, like an inch, put it back down in the exact same spot, do the reading. It's like forty eight. <laughs> and then they just kept doing it over and over again. It's like this this device. Well, it's is, just a randomizer. Is inconsistent. It it just so. Yeah. Everybody is at risk. I mean, if I'm a paddle company, I'm hitting up all the other paddle companies and I'm like, this, how are we supposed to survive? And this is a risk to all of us. Yeah. We need to push back and be like, this doesn't make any sense. We need a more reliable test. Yeah. I agree. I, I think even as I've like looked at some interviews and some stuff about like how these tests are done and kind of the whole process of things getting checked later on, like the whole system seems like it needs to be completely revamped. Do you have a paddle tester, Chris? I don't. I really want to get one, though, because I think it would be fun to, like, add that in reviews. And, like, obviously that adds some, like, well, it should probably spin better if it's near the limit. But $2,200 is a hard pill to swallow right now. 
Is yeah, that, that's how much it is. What what's yeah. the device? Yeah, but I, I heard that in two months those things are going to be cost uh, probably like six grand. So well, I've heard they're like flying off the shelves right now. So <laughs> are it's they like the Starrett SR yeah. one hundred and sixty? I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I like I said, I'd imagine pro players are buying this. I imagine every single manufacturer probably owns one of these at this point. Um, yeah, I I imagine they're they're getting sold out. Yeah. Um. It's not made for, I imagine it's made for some other, yeah, like, niche It's not made for pickleball. Purpose. Again, we need a thing like for pickleball, not like, a, oh, we ported this over and it kind of works. Right. Right. Yeah. Lots of, lots of improvements to be made. Chris, we could make that thing. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm smart enough to make one of those, but I mean, I'm down to be wow. on the team and attempt. Yeah, I'm on the team too, but I'm the, I just came up with the idea. So now. I'll tell you what, you make mm -hmm. the idea. Thomas I executes had... the idea, and I'll make the commercial for it. Okay. So I got the idea already. That part's done. Thomas, it's all up to you. Okay. okay. <laughs> make a thing that's specific to pickleball that's more accurate than the thing they're currently using. Dude, this is a genius business idea. This is, Here's... I mean, we're just given lots of business ideas right now. You better hope no one steals these. I already know the answer, and it is um, take droplets of water, mm -hmm. drop them in the center of the paddle, tilt the paddle slightly, at a specific degree and then measure the speed at which the water travels across the surface. Ooh. Take an average of six different spots. That's going to be better. But how is this going to make you money? It needs That's to make your part. Money. You're making the commercial. You're marketing. Like no, it's the machine. You put it in this box that lays it level and then it does the exact amount of droplet every time. And then it tilts the paddle specific angles and watches the droplet move around the paddle. And you sell some really specific water that only works on the pickleball paddles. Yeah, yes. razor blade model, and you have to keep re up. You keep you have to keep buying the water from us. Yeah, yeah. naturally, and it expires after five days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to buy <laughs> seventeen gallons, and it expires yeah. in five days. I like oh it. Uh, okay, back to the New York Stock Exchange thing. Do you hear the second part of that? No, what was in the, the part? in the boardroom? Uh, which I guess is a room at the New York Stock Exchange. I think it's Zane, yep. Rob Nunnery, yep. Lena Padigamite, however the heck yep. you say that, and Anna Bright are going to play yes. a match. Oh, that's in sick. the, bo in the boardroom of the Stock match Exchange. Forever, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be interesting. I'm gonna, you know, I I get I like I like filming matches sometimes. Throw those up on social. Those are going to be some interesting clips. Is it like a just lines on the ground is it an actual court like what are, how are they doing that we're gonna find out aren't we that'll be that'll be fun yeah uh and then that uh and i have heard that there might be i don't know if i should say it, other tv appearances Ooh. uh that week is as well for for the, wow. for the crew so very more, nice hopefully more to come on that but um some morning show stuff yeah pickleball i mean it's everywhere it's crushing right now. Everyone's talking about it. I feel like every week you hear about some new celebrity that's like, hmm, kind of like pickleball. Yeah. Well, the most recent was uh, Dobrik, right? And based on the play I saw from him. It looks good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard he played D1 tennis. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, you should like consider playing pickleball. Like, you look really good at it. Yeah. And that'd be nuts. That'd be pretty legit for 
for the sport as a whole if yeah. everybody started tuning into him trying to make a pro run. Yeah, and you'd have like a much younger audience like caring about pickleball and probably think it's cool. Yeah, I oh, for sure. want to be honest with you guys. I had no clue who this guy was. <laughs> yeah. And somebody sent me a clip, uh, can, uh, like a 26-year-old girl from Big Brother sent me a clip, and she's like, could you get me in touch with this guy? He's so awesome. I love him. And I was like, I have to be honest. Like, I've heard that guy's name because I saw him playing pickleball with people, but yeah. I have no idea who he is or what he's – his thing is or anything and she's like oh he's a youtuber do you think yeah. you could connect with him somehow i was like well the guy he's playing in the video i know personally so i'm only one degree away but uh it's our own uh trainer of the stars uh pickleball mcnasty i think this is wait i think this is this is far enough past tyson now that we can say wasn't um dan bolzerian interested in in playing with you at one point <laughs> he yeah he I mean, it's not happening. Right? Ball in Las Vegas, yeah, and yeah. Was for people to play, yeah. So and there's a, it's like everywhere, yeah. It'll be crazy to see by the end of this year who else is in this. Like, I, I feel like we're getting pretty close to some talent shakeups. Like, I mean, even with like Anna Bright on the scene. Like, I don't know if you guys watched the singles match with Anna yeah. Lee yesterday, but that was like that was good. That was some exciting pickleball, and I think that's the first time they've played against each other in singles. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. so I, I, finally, someone who like gave her gave her a run for her money. Did they bail it as the Anna versus Anna? <laughs> they didn't, but they should have. Yeah. Who's the better Anna? Yeah, Anna one and Anna two. Fight for it now. This is it's it. almost as, it's almost as thrilling as the big debate on who's Thomas one and who's, Thomas two. Yeah, and who's the best Thomas? <laughs> almost as thrilling. Really yeah, close almost. second. What else we got, Thomas? Any any other great news? Well, we got the Atlanta Open going right now. Yeah, I there's think like that's... a ton of people missing. Ben's Ben's missing. Well, from singles yesterday, Ben was missing. JW was missing. Jay Davillier was missing. Tyson McGuffin withdrew. So again, the door was open for like a Ryan Sherry to to make a a run and and go back to back at a at a PPA. But it ended up being in the final. It's um, it's two people who would be uh, so it's not. It's Rafa Hewitt, and then one of these like young, you know, former D one tennis players in the in the singles final. Which again, like I think it's going to keep it's going to keep happening. Yeah, it was. I actually, I, I mean, I'd heard both the names, but only like super loosely. Ignatovich, James Ignatovich. Who is that? I haven't. Heard is that name. right? Yeah, wait, I have it. I think right here. Uh, yeah, James, or is it Stocksford? No. No, it's I, don't, I think Rafa. it's like Federico, whatever the last name was you just said, is in the final, and then Rafa. Oh, okay. I got to make sure we get that right. Yeah, you do need to, because it sounds like you currently have it wrong right now. Is that in the uh-huh. Are you reading from the newsletter? Well, so yeah, so that's why I'm I'm like, wait, did we get it wrong in the newsletter? <laughs> uh oh. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the bracket right now. So. Okay. Yeah, Stocksred. No, we got it right. Stocksred versus Rafa Hewitt in the final. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting good. to see because I, I I actually kind of want to watch that because I haven't really seen either of them play, so it'll be interesting to see what that what that looks like. Yeah, and then Perino versus Waters in the in the final. I wish maybe Anna was on the other and was on the other side of the bracket from Anna and a Bright was on the other side of the bracket from Anna Lee Waters, and we somehow had that in the final. That would have been very entertaining. What's your guys' take on this? Because I've had a lot of people talking about this recently. So especially at this one. 
I don't, and I don't know how many people I just heard there was a number of them, but since if you lose, you can only come back for bronze, a lot of people will just drop out after Withdraw, that. Withdraw, yeah. Do you think the format needs to change? Does it not matter that people do this? Because, like, it's kind of unexciting when you have, like, a top talent just drop out, but it's also not exciting when the best they can do is bronze. Yeah, no, this, but they switched to this from, like, you could come back around. Yeah. It used to be able I mean, to come back through the back draw. That well, used to it. be the standard. They did it just because of Championship Sunday, didn't they? Wasn't that, like, the whole reason? I think so. I, so, I, I think that was the, the main change, yeah. So and also, better? like, also, if you do end up coming back around and let's say you're like a Ben, right, and you also have to play singles and, you know, doubles, and now you're playing, like, five matches and then another match of, of mix, like, yeah, that's not sustainable. One's for gold, one's for yeah. bronze. You're going for the bronzy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you like the gold medal Sunday, the championship Sunday, Thomas? I get it. I think so. And you also, I mean, you need to create a focal point. Like you need to create something that matters for everybody to tune in. So, so you think that? Yeah. You think that because I th I feel like with the championship Sunday format, everybody's tuning in Sunday, but who's tuning in Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. You no. Know, versus versus like okay, the champ the singles championship is on Thursday night. So you got to tune into that. The the mixed doubles championship is on, you know, another night, and this is on another night. Like, what right. is? Better? I think you you want the crossover benefit from all the matches, right? And and uh, I mean, it's like any sport, right? Like, people watch the regular season, but not as much as they watch the finals and the semifinal, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It, it it'll be interesting to see, and you know, I wonder if we start seeing. People just specialize in events more at some point, right? Like you said, it's not really sustainable to do all three because it beats your body up. So at what point are we going to be like, this guy only does singles, this guy just does doubles, or maybe they do, you know, both doubles events, like, or maybe they just do mixed doubles, like maybe yeah. it's gets that specialized. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, so we've talked about this, Chris. We've talked about this a few times on the podcast, but I was having a conversation yesterday with a uh, like basically like a sports data scientist. He, mm -hmm. he comes from professional soccer. Is a coach for the New York Red Bulls, and he loves pickleball. Okay. And we were just talking about the lack of data generally in pickleball yes. and how it's like once it does get here and, and we're able to get a little bit more scientific with the way that we're playing the game, basically it'll be an anomaly for someone to be at the top in singles and in doubles because of the way data is going to help, in particular, singles players play better. Yeah. And more efficiently and yeah. end points sooner just by positioning themselves a little bit differently, hitting different types of angles. And really, we just need data to kind of open up that door. Yeah. And once it's here, it's going to change the game. And it's going to be very rare that somebody comes in and goes, yeah, uh, I'm a triple crown, um, like or even like a triple crown, like candidate, let yeah. alone somebody who does go and win a, a triple crown. Right. I'm excited for data to get in the sport more. I've already started seeing people like do some pretty intense breakdowns in Facebook groups and some other places. And it's super fascinating. They did one for singles and it was super, it was mostly like a third shot drive analysis, but it was super interesting to see the spots players were hitting depending on where they were on the court and their opponent. And I think stuff like that is like really going to help even just after the fact, knowing like, you know what, Ben does this a lot. And this is weak for him. And right yeah. now, I feel like people just aren't doing that. Mm -hmm. they, they might know generally like, oh, this isn't a great shot for him. But when you have like actual data, that's like, 
70% of the time he loses if X happens. Like, that's super valuable. For sure. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to change the, the way the game is, is played. I, I mean, it, it's a, this is a theme across all aspects of the sport. Yeah. It is still in its infancy. Yeah. In so many ways. Yep. We have a long way to go, regardless of what we're talking about in pickleball. And yeah. I think that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah. And um, with the growth of the sport, we're also just going to see innovation across the board. So, Yeah, that's going to be good. I agree. Good, that was like a good little cl- close of thought. Did we end it really on that? was. Really, I, I almost did like a little baby cry when you were like, it's in its infancy. I almost went, <laughs> but then I decided to not. It was good that you didn't. But then you did, right? Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and you know Thomas isn't going to edit that out. But in my head, I was like, maybe he can put a better like little baby cry in there when he edits it for the clip on social media. There you go. There you go. You know, we've done we've done one of those social clips where it's just you doing like random stuff before. Uh-huh. I, think, I think we're due. Like you just making <laughs> weird noises and like odd faces. <laughs> that one wasn't cut together by you, though. And it was like us everything was a fast cut so like i watched yeah. it once and then i had a seizure <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what how you know you'll made it is when you have fans start making all of these various edits for you like best of like 2022 dink episodes or whatever like the highlights and all the Chris, yeah. it said why don't you get on youtube get in the search bar search bar and put best of tyson from survivor oh is that a thing for you already <laughs> There's there's one of me too. Is that really for you? Oh yeah. No. How am I looking, Chris? <laughs> That's funny. Wait, there's like several of these. There's Wait, a I'm lot of them. This. You look so different. That's hilarious. Oh, I was uh, about 15 years younger there. Oh, well, yeah, that would that would do it. That would do it. <laughs> do I look better now? Is that what you're saying? Well, naturally, of course. Yeah. Of course. Take off your hat. I yeah, just got my haircut. Better. He's got a mullet now. We got a mullet hey, I now. mean, sounds like Tyson's starting to rock that thing. So it sounds like you're just on trend. It's uh, mine's like a major league baseball mullet. So like, if I was in the baseball league, they wouldn't even consider this a mullet. They'd just be like, "That's a regular haircut." <laughs> so I might yeah. do that. Right? It's it'll pretty be, cool. It'll help with the whole villain thing. Yeah, it yeah, will yeah, for you know. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to really work that thing up, man. Especially when you're like, I'm the first one to ever get a mullet. And then everybody's like, that's not even true. That would yeah. make you very villainous. I think every time I show up at a tournament that Thomas and I just happen to be at, I'm going to need to have like my camera ready for just like some completely out of context thing he does to like mm-hmm. crank up this whole villain thing. You know, like you just, you see him take something from like 15 year old Patrick Hayden Quinn or whatever. And yeah, yeah, uh, right. And then push him in the face. Tyson, why don't you like dress up? We'll get you like a walker, like a gray wig, Uh like a a night, a nightgown, a nightgown. And like you take my pickleball bag and run. Yeah. Or they just like push you over. It's like, you know, snooze you lose or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you, that's what you get for being old. That's what you, that's what you should say. (laughs) It's on center court. People are like, why is there an old woman like, walking yeah. across center court getting like, mugged by yeah. thomas shield stop asking stop asking questions did you see what thomas just did yeah okay. see, this is like what i mean where you need those fans that are like super talented like animators and they just animate the whole story you just talked about like that yeah. would be hilarious yeah we could do we have one of those listeners hey if you're here thomas is hiring i heard yep yeah always always hiring okay pay you in um 
conversation. Yep. Paying Bitcoin. That's what I heard. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, may as well right now. Doge. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> now's the time. So. All right. I think that was good. I mean, we could have ended on a closing thought, but I think the, that um, old lady getting pushed down in is the new court was a good, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for being here. That was awesome. And Thanks for, for all me. your insight into paddles. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll see you in New York too. Yeah. Looking Do you live in New York? What's that? Do you live in New York? No, I'm in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, we'll see you in New York anyways. Yeah. Can't wait, guys. Okay. Later. All right. Yeah. Take it easy.